Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. I'm your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and uh, I'm excited to share that we are, we're, we're back in the cards today. <laughs> if you've been listening for at least a few months, you probably know that um, for years I was doing monthly business energy readings um, on the show, and then in, I think about August, I... You know, with the guides that I work with, um, was told not to do them anymore for a bunch of different reasons. But I sat down today to record this episode, and I kept trying to kind of get started on the topics that I had lined up to discuss today. Um, in particular, this at the time this is released, um, the doors are open to the Holistic Business Academy. I'm supposed to be promoting that. <laughs> um, Go to holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash join to learn all about it. DM me if you have questions. There's our promotion. Um, But I kept getting the pull to come to my deck. It is a blustery, windy, rainy day in New York today. The the sky is, is, is grayed out, white out, and the shifting leaves... We're in that fall season now. We've kind of almost gone fully into fall color. Are so stark in relief. Right outside of my window in my office where I'm recording today, the sound isn't as good, but this is where my altar is and where the vibes are, if you will. Um, I have a giant uh, eastern red cedar. And then right behind that, this stark yellow, gold yellow, like a like an like the flesh of an apple, <laughs> um, that I can see peeking through. It looks from here like it might be a maple or a tulip poplar. I'm having a little bit of a hard time. It's a it's a couple backyards away from mine, but it's that's in relief against the gray sky, <sighs> and it just feels fucking witchy today. It is a witchy day. For me, when the wind blows, it's the wind from the north, from the realm of fate. We can uh, taste it on the air, and it's it's hard for me to, to keep myself grounded <laughs> in this realm, in this physical realm, when the winds blow. It, it's, it, it always just kind of wraps me up into the, into the trance of, of that dance between fate and free will. So it seemed like a day to go to the cards. That, that's what came up, and here we are. And if you haven't been listening for a while, well, welcome. Welcome to hearing me high off my ass in trance by accident uh, recording a podcast episode, because this is usually what happens when we do these. Now, tarot as a tool for business can be very practical and very pragmatic. Um, Those of you who have joined the Holistic Business Academy or will join the Holistic Business Academy as yearly members get access to my tarot for business course, which is a a course that's only available to our yearly members as our special gift to y'all for making that commitment up front. And inside that program, there are a lot of really pragmatic ways of using tarot. And throughout the entire holistic business framework, actually, there's a lot of tarot spreads, and many of them are very pragmatic, you know, kind of to help you intuitively, you know, figure out who you want to work with and create your offers and develop your content plan, like to really ground your intuition into reality. Um, but today we're, we're not looking at that so much. This is very much the work of the, of the inner realm of who you are, the, the, the identities that are primary in your life right now and, and how those are interfacing with 
the tension between agency and that which is outside of your control, which is my favorite place to work with divination, with witchcraft, the 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 crossroads, as it were, but also the the space where we have choice and yet so much is not something that we have choice about. And for me, spiritual practice and witchcraft and divination is all about figuring out where we do have agency in a world where so much is dictated for us, is uh, systemically embedded, is creating an illusion of choice where really there is none. But the witch, and you don't have to call yourself a witch, but you know, whatever, the person who chooses to engage actively with their life and the realms beyond what they can see and touch and smell and taste in this physical space, these are people who we choose to carve out space for agency in relationship with that wider world, to do the challenging work of unwinding our dependence on the systems as given to us, on the cosmologies that are spoon-fed to us, on the places where choice is, is an illusion, and to actually find choice again. Today, with the, the north wind blowing through me, <laughs> we sit down and look at this through the lens of our business. Now, business as spiritual practice is, I think, a really powerful way to explore business. It's embedded in all of my work, even the things inside like HBA that are a little bit less explicitly witchy, right? I'm not like, on the full moon, do this thing. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you know, the framework is is witchcraft. <laughs> the framework is embedded in a traditional craft cosmology. It is embedded in that intersection of liberation and connection, that paradox that's kind of at the heart of relational witchcraft. And um, as I've learned, as I've said many times from my friend and mentor, Ren Zatopek, uh, who has learned from her mentor, uh, Griffin Kedd. So this tension then through the lens of business is such a fantastic place to explore it because business is so tangible in so many ways. So much of the deeper inner work that we do in our lives, the transformational and spiritual shifts that we desire, the change that we, we attempt to create. Oh, and it just started pouring rain. Oh, I like, I hope y'all can just feel that <laughs> wherever you are in space and time as you listen to this. It is just one of those, it is one of those days where the gods are at play. That a lot of that inner work is just that it's inner, right? We're often working with things that we feel that do create behaviors in our lives, right? Our core identities, the way that we believe the world works, those create the behaviors that come forward. And this is where, you know, if you guys listen to our episode with Fanny Priest, um, the trauma witch, you know, we talked about some of these things, these, these kind of trauma responses, these coping mechanisms, you know, all, we can work on those things. They do have tangible effects in our lives. But business is so wild because it's actually quantifiable in a way that so many other things in our lives are not. And while I do think that um, sometimes we can be a little over over intoxicated by business as spiritual practice, this, you know, business as like, you know, your business exists to heal yourself. And I, I just don't really buy that. I think that a business is its own entity. I don't think it exists to do anything for you specifically. I think it's something we're in relationship with. And I'm kind of wary of 
business as spiritual practice dogmatically as like a way to exorcise your your demons as it were but it is a physical manifestation a tangible manifestation of our actions in so many powerful ways and that's why it's such a fantastic proxy for that deep inner work that tangible nature of business right you're either making money or you're not you are making a certain amount of money you have a certain number of clients a certain number of sales so much of it is clear so when we look at business through this lens of divination and the activation of personal agency within the context of fate which for me is very much these things outside of our control right the entire web of, of a world of a universe that of which we are just one part we get the opportunity to physicalize our experiences our inner world so the cards today we come to them with a question I asked the cards what the question is. I was like, I don't really know why y'all are like, you gotta come here and pull some cards when we've told you not to do it for months now. And I'm working with the Ked deck again. You go and look at this deck, as I've said before. Don't get mad at me about it. It's inappropriate. It is rude. It is uh, violent. Um, so be forewarned. It is archetypal in that way. And the question at hand, the, the tension that's sitting in between the two paths before us, the fork in the road today is the seven of staves. And here in this deck, in the seven of staves, the tension that is emerging in this question and through this lens of business is essentially how do we want to treat the parts of ourselves that continue to hurt us? What relationship do we want with those? In this deck, there's um, it's a couple, an older couple, and you can see a picture of them when they were younger and happy, kind of on the mantel place. The fire is burning in the background. It's actually kind of a pleasant image until you dig in a little bit more deeply. The woman is holding a um, rolling pin. Almost looks like she wants to hit the guy, but not quite. But she's got it in her hand, like she she's holding it. And there's this guy who, uh, this older man who is kneeling on the floor, handing her a bunch of roses. And it looks very romantic at first. Until you realize some kind of clear archetypal imagery here, especially in our modern culture. The man is unshaven, has, has a, a five o'clock shadow, has a liquor bottle, a little flask in his, um, in his pocket. You get very much the sense that this is something that has played out time and again. He's gone out, he has, who knows what, not come home for days, not come home for weeks, comes back with roses full of romance to ask forgiveness. And obviously she has accepted that many times. When I see imagery like this for me personally, as somebody who is in recovery from alcohol use disorder, it's really powerful because I know what that's like with myself, with my relationship to self to engage in behaviors that are deeply harmful to me and then to have that part of myself come back and try to convince me that it'll be different this time. And that's what I did every time until it was actually different one time. Now through the lens of business, right there, this is, this is a metaphor, welcome to reading Tara. Through the lens of business, 
when I pulled this card, the first thing that came through me was all the ways that we betray ourselves in our business. I've been very obsessed with this concept of self-extraction recently, of um, the ways that we carve up our ourselves and offer them to others, um, hoping that we will get what we need. And, you know, there's a lot of layers to that from kind of a, a socioeconomic perspective that's probably a little outside of the scope of me being trancy and reading tarot today, but the way where that in some places our agency is limited in a culture, in a society where we have to make money, right? That choice, while there are folks who opt out and there are alternative models that are in play right now, most everybody needs to make at least some money. <laughs> um, that unless they already have money, in which case then you have a whole other slew of, of issues. But if you don't, then you have to make money. That feels fated, at least in this moment, right? We can envision new futures, we can dream of new things, but also at the end of the day, we have to pay rent, right? The agency comes in in terms of how we choose to make money, right? And people have different varying amounts of agency um, when it comes to that, you know, based on their experiences, based on their proximity to privilege, um, to, to figure out how they want to do that. And small business is, in my perspective, one of the really powerful ways to do that with a little bit more agency. Being your own boss is not for everybody, um, but it creates a lot of flexibility for people. It creates a lot of freedom within a system uh, where that's lacking, even if we are still kind of faded, as I said, to and I don't mean faded like in the long arc of fate. I just mean like within this particular context, don't get me wrong. Um, but in this moment to to need to make money. So it's only natural then that we do carve up parts of ourselves and offer that for sale, right? That we are using the resource that we have, whether that is our minds, whether that is our bodies, and this is what labor is, right? So there's this tension here in this card, in this seven of staves, of how our relationship is to that extraction and to whether or not we're going to continue to let that extraction of self do as it will. Because that, that energy, that, that mode of survival, which is valid, and again, at this particular moment, I would say it's not something that any of the one that I know, at least, is able to fully opt out of, right? There's some level of, of that, that, that survival has always required probably some level of self-extraction, right? Even if you were, I don't know, plowing fields, like it doesn't really matter. You're still engaging in labor in some way. But this, the monetization of that labor it's a whole different conversation. But that doesn't mean that that extraction necessarily has to be running the show for us, right? That, 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 I mean, and we can talk about this, you know, this is, I often use the term hustle culture. A lot of people do as kind of a, a, a symbol for this deeper extraction of self. Um, but that's really what I'm talking about is this self extraction, this self, um, I really do just feel like in my head, I'm like seeing the image. It's like like my body as like a like a Thanksgiving turkey, like cutting off a hand and being like, do you want this hand? How much will you give me for it, right? And you know that this is, this is on some level what every worker is doing, whether we own our own business or not. 
But the question becomes, what is our relationship to that, to that extraction? In this card as it stands, the tension is, will we let it keep coming back and saying to us, this is okay. I'm going to make it better this time. I'm going to treat you different. Here are some beautiful roses. Here is my undying love and affection. Because that extraction of self doesn't exist without us. It requires us, right? We can't extract a self that doesn't exist. So there is this parasitic um, relationship between the self and the ways that we use the self to survive. Symbiotic, maybe. I mean, parasitic sounds pretty judgmental, and I don't really mean it that way, because I think there's a lot of survival things we do that are not necessarily negative. But uh, we're here, we're alive, and most of us, hopefully, are trying to stay alive, right? So that's the tension. What is our relationship to our own labor? And if you're like most people I work with, and like me, and like folks who are living within an oppressive, late capitalist system, then that relationship is probably unhealthy. Necessarily so, right? Your survival is tied to your ability to extract value from you, right? From your body, from your brain. So we come to the cards then with this question in mind, how do we want to relate to this seemingly necessary extraction? And we have two answers, again, at a crossroads, a fork in a road. There's one way forward. We have to pick. The way we're continuing, if we continue as we have been, and, um, you know, I, these are not new conversations. I mean, these are conversations that have been had for the past 150, 200, 400 longer years. But in this moment, I think especially in the in the pandemic and now the quote, great resignation, um, we are at a moment of pivotal shift with labor and capitalism. At least I sure hope we are. Some interesting things are emerging right now. That if we keep going the way we're going, that road looks like the 10 of staves. And while the Ten of Staves often has this feeling of, of, of burnout, of um, destruction, the destruction before renewal, here today in particular, and with this deck in particular, it, it, it feels like poison. It feels like continuing to consent to consuming not only our poison, but, but ourselves. Right? And that we have, we can keep going that way. And it's not all bad, right? In this in this deck, there's kind of a a um, a Snow White vibe to it. Someone's handing out apples, and we have to wonder: Are they poison? Are they not? Today, today, this in this today in this reading, that is a poison apple. <laughs> and there's a, a a tension there of like being fed, right? Getting to, needing to eat the apple, needing to be nourished, but that nourishment obvious on a, that nourishment actually corrupting, right? That is like in the act of, of caring for ourselves that we are corrupting ourselves. And this I think is like the foundational underlying tension for any small business owner that we have. We've carved out this space for ourselves where we have some 
feeling of freedom. We can feel the wind on our face of like <laughs> that, that there is a different way where we don't have to, I don't know, wake up at the crack of dawn and commute for two hours. Like whatever the thing is that you don't, you know, like about having a traditional job or those of us who can't have traditional jobs, right? We're like, oh great, I can work from home and I can be sick and I can still make money because I need to. But that, that tension then of that act of having the business, it's out of whack right now, right? What we're eating is poisoning us. What that apple, that, 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 that nourishment is the corruption. So what's our other option? What is our shift in this moment? Our shift, well, we can shift on the inside for ourselves. In this deck, it's called the font. It's an extra card. And it speaks today of the headwaters of truth. There is a version of work, of labor, that is restorative. Where what we grow and what we create and what we till and what we eat, metaphorically and literally, is actually nourishment. That the money we make stems from not an extraction, but an expansion of self, where the work is generative, not only for those that we help and not only for our bank accounts, but also for our very beings. Now, both of these options, both of these roads, these are inner work. This is not something external. This is not an external influence. Uh, you know, <laughs> Joe Biden's not going to sign a <laughs> universal basic income <laughs> executive order tomorrow, right? Like, that's not what we're talking about. What we are talking about are those realms of personal agency, where our relationship to our work is actually something that we can change, that we can shift. So herein, with the connection to the, I'm calling it the headwaters of truth today, and, you know, truth being... Not necessarily what we want to see, but what is. But that there is a version of work, of business, of your business, that is more truthful to you. That is closer to how things flow through you. Not through the confines of the cosmology that we are all forced to live in. The belief system that we are forced to engage with if we want to survive. The fount shows us that there are deeper waters to drink from in the creation of a business than the ones that are given to us. We know that if we stay on this right-hand path, that if we eat the apple, corrupt as it may be, that we will receive some nourishment. That's why we keep doing it, right? So we keep saying, oh, I hate hustling and then overbooking ourselves. Oh, I need a break. And then taking on every client that comes your way because you're afraid that one will never come again. Oh, I actually just want to go low key on this, but I am afraid that people will think I'm not trying hard enough. So I'm going to push myself further than I want to go. Oh, I'm going to let people down if I don't do this. Oh, I said I would. I can't change my mind. Oh, I really hate this thing, but people pay me for it. 
Now, it is a privilege to get to reconsider those things, right? We need to, that's what I'm saying. There is a path here, even if corrupt. And I don't mean corrupt like ethically. I mean, like, like literally like, like the poison of corruption, right? Um, that even if it hurts us on some level, we know we will receive some nourishment and in that there is a safety. And that's okay. I think a lot of us, myself included, choose that path more times than not. The relative certainty of knowing that you can be cared for, that you can pay your bills, often it is worth some pain and suffering. But we do have another option today, this season, to start that shift, to choose the left-handed path, to find a generative truth that can spill forth from your work that expands your capacity rather than diminishing it. To go back to the initial question, you know, are we going to, how do we want to relate to this part of ourself that does keep maintaining these extractive processes? And I think there is probably a version here that's not so close in this card. It's not, it's not, not as depicted. It seems that the card and its image, and the way I've described it, seems like a false binary, right? This woman either takes him back or kicks him out. There is a third path here. There is the left-handed path, one where he is healed, one where he doesn't drink again, one where he finds a new way to cope with the existential crisis of life. So when we come towards the end of this year, a year where I have heard more people asking questions about our economic systems, about the ethics of business, about the, the possibilities of small business as a way to subvert the paradigm, the, the mass illusion, we can maybe choose another way. Then we do it with kindness and compassion. And we don't have to choose it perfectly every day. What does your business look like when it stems from a headwater of truth, clarity of how you've been treating yourself, the standards you have set, the ways that you have allowed your business to recreate harmful patterns, dynamics. I made a joke to my therapist the other day that memberships are really ideal for people with insecure attachment types. Hello, that would be me. <laughs> right, what are the choices that we're making that actually keep us without the choice to not take that apple? What does the business look like? What does the work look like? What does your compensation look like <laughs> if you are allowed to expand rather than extract? And that's the message we have today from the rain and the wind. My guides who were like, come on, Sarah, let's, uh, let's look at some cards. For those of you that are Holistic Business Academy members in January, we have a very special uh, training with one of our members on power, labor, and capitalism. And I hope that you will join us for that. Uh, Stephanie's going to be leading us in that. And um, a bonus training. And these things are not unlinked, you know. Spiritual practice, <laughs> witchcraft is political. Being a small business owner is political. And how we treat ourselves individually, the care that we offer to ourselves or do not, that has massive ramifications for the kind of world that we live in. 
and the world that we build and the way that we treat our customers and our employees and the people that we care about and the people beyond our immediate realm of care, but within the concentric circles of care that extend throughout our communities. The business then, it is a place where because, especially if you're listening to this, it's probably you, maybe a few employees, but it's probably mostly you. This is a sandbox where you can explore the kind of work that comes from expansive truth of self rather than extraction of self. I hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening. I'll see you all next week. Bye for now.